Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein and Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got another great episode for you. We will get into a crazy parlay that involves uh, one leg remaining with the World Cup. Uh, Luke and I will go over our favorite stake or swap picks. Uh, But first, I thought we would touch on a story uh, that came out recently in the sports betting world. Uh, regarding one of the largest sports books in the country, DraftKings, uh, and uh, a story that broke over the weekend in regards to customer accounts being hacked into. Um, uh, On Saturday and Sunday, there were different reports circulating around Twitter about uh, people noticing that money had been uh, withdrawn from their account uh, that they didn't do when they would try to log back into their account uh, the the password had been changed, and then the recovery phone number had been changed, um, and lots of customers were having issues getting a hold of DraftKings uh, uh, customer service, uh, and it was it was a, it was quite a big issue. Uh, more information has come out. Uh, our friend Darren Ravel has done a great job covering the story, uh, and DraftKings put out a statement on Monday, uh, and co-founder Paul Lieberman uh, was quoted as saying that it was only about $300,000 in customer funds that were affected uh, and that the login information of these customers was compromised on other websites. So uh, there was no data breach of DraftKings. uh, But that being said, Lieberman went on to say that the company intends to make whole any customer uh, who was impacted. So, uh, Luke, I'll, I'll ask you, what do you think this story means for in terms of the, the world of legalized sports betting? And um, is this, you know, uh, is, there, is, this, is this kind of erode customer confidence? Yeah, I think it does. I, this has happened to me on, on Facebook. Um, there was just one time I got an email saying, were you trying to log into your Facebook? I said no, um, and then tried to reset my password, uh, and the text message was going to a completely separate phone number. Like It was not going to my phone number that I was asking the code to get sent to. They completely locked me out of my account, a hacker did. So it happens. I mean, this that was two years ago on Facebook to myself. So it was a matter of time until this happened to a legalized sports betting account. So it's definitely feasible for a hacker to do. I appreciate DraftKings doing the right thing and making everyone whole. But, I mean, can you imagine? Like, it seemed like one customer had money being transferred out of his bank account, like, from DraftKings. Like, that's, <laughs> you know... Back in the olden days when people were freaked out about logging on computers versus, you know, paper and pencil, I'm sure they were like, wait a minute. So I'm going to put in my bank account information and DraftKings is going to be able to store my bank account information securely. Like that's that scares me. And lo and behold, something happened where ba- DraftKings can literally just go pull money from your bank account, which is wild. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it, people were noticing that that the hackers were making deposits, right? Uh, with the save payment methods and then withdrawing to their, you know, be a check or bank account. Uh, and, you know, one of the guys in, in the story talks about uh, because these sports books will send you an email every time you do a withdrawal request. And so this guy was getting emailed, you know, and it was like 
it was a it was a check in the customer's name being sent to an address in Houston, and the guy's like, "I've never even been to Houston in my life." And uh, you know, he was tweeting like at the Houston police, like, "Hey, you want to go track this guy down?" Um, so it's it's definitely really scary stuff. Um, but I think this you know leads to another kind of question uh, that that Darren talks about in his article, which is that you know consumer confidence in digital funds, digital wallets uh, is kind of at an all-time low right now, uh, especially coming off the back of this FTX story. Uh, I know you've been following the FTX story extremely closely. Um, you know, wh- what do you think this all means in terms of, you know, like you, like you said, like we, we went from a point of like n- no one trusting online banking, you know, digital payments at all to like everyone trusting it to a, to a really high degree. Uh, do you think there's going to be kind of this pullback now in terms of like going to think twice before I just put money in, in a, in a digital wallet and assume that it's, that it's there? Yeah. I mean, you know, I certainly went and looked at my E-Trade account when that FTX news went down just to make sure that E-Trade was backed by the FDIC. The FDIC is um, a tool that ensures banks can um, all the deposits can be held and can be backed up. Basically, the America, the Federal Reserve, prints money in case there was a run on banks that would keep everyone's confidence there. And the, the Fed would literally just print money to back up our customer deposits in banks. And uh, clearly in E-Trade, I think E-Trade is owned by Morgan Stanley um, now. But uh, with FDX, obviously the FDIC is not backing up FTX. So, you know, if you're putting your money and same thing with, with sports betting accounts, that, that actually is a fair question. I haven't thought about that. Like are sports books investing our money if I have 80 grand sitting in there, are they investing that money? And, and I'm sure it's not sports. I'm sure they're not investing in sports. Betting. And that's, that is the, the issue with why the FTX guys were so stupid. In my opinion, it's like literally tenant number one of crypto is it's volatile. And you're investing all these customer funds in crypto. Like you're going to get caught with your pants down eventually. Because literally the, the number one characteristic of crypto is it's very volatile it goes up and down quickly so um they got caught with their pants down but you know i don't i doubt sports books are investing our money but um you know kind of similar stories here where customer funds are not uh as secure as we we maybe thought yeah i mean i think uh big difference between you know uh e-trade and DraftKings are highly regulated uh, and publicly traded companies uh, versus FTX, not regulated, not a publicly traded company. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that DraftKings would have to just disclose if if they were if they had customer uh, funds, you know, sitting in markets right now. Um, and you know, they, they, are, they would not, allow, you know, they could not be dipping into customer funds to you know pay for uh, you know TV commercials that we see every week. Yeah. Uh, unlike, uh, I guess, FTX. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's. It's it's all kind of crazy, um, but yeah, I think I think when you, when you're highly regulated, like like sports books are, like like banks are, I think that you you can still have some some confidence that that there is someone uh, over watching them uh, versus you know no watchdog whatsoever in in, in the crypto community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but you know, the, the last thing I'll mention on the story is that it, I do think it is it is. Uh, it just raises a question to me about, okay, so let's just say these customers' accounts were hacked, their passwords are compromised on a third-party site. That's not DraftKings' fault, but yet DraftKings is going to make these customers whole. So mm-hmm. I do wonder if more is going to come out about this story, because uh, otherwise, why would DraftKings be just 
you know, giving back $300,000, you know, for all they know, maybe these people are working with the hackers and they're going to, you know, they're going to get the, the, the stolen money and they're going to get the money back in their account. So uh, that is something that is perplexing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, they, they clearly need to have more safeguards in place to not allow a user to um, compromise that account. Like I did nothing wrong with Facebook, but someone got into my account and completely locked me out of it. Like I didn't do anything. I didn't enter my password into another account, but they got in and changed the phone number. So clearly DraftKings needs to have safeguards in place where phone numbers slash addresses can't be changed. And you can't, you know, create an address in Houston, all of a sudden get a check sent over there. Like that shouldn't be easy to do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, another story I wanted to, uh, to touch on, uh, is this massive parlay, uh, that, uh, it's, it's kind of been floating around for, for a little bit now, but now that it's only down to one leg, uh, and there is a serious cash out offer that, uh, we'll, we'll get to, but back in April, a FanDuel customer made a $26 seven leg parlay, uh, with the, with the following bets, uh, Kansas to win March madness, the warriors to win the NBA finals. The Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup, uh, AC Milan to win the Itali- Italian Serie A, which is basically like the Italy Premier League, uh, Manchester City to win the English Premier League, uh, LAFC to win the MLS Cup, which uh, we have talked about uh, before. They, they did that a couple weeks ago. And then the last leg is France to win the World Cup. If the bet wins off this $26 par leg, it will collect $557,000. Okay, that's over half a million dollars off a $26 bet. Uh, France's current odds are 8-1 to one, uh, to win the World Cup. So the ticket has a market value of about $62,000. There was no cash-out offer uh, in the FanDuel app. However, uh, once this bet started to get legs uh, on, on Twitter, uh, specifically BR Betting, which we, we, we talked about on last week's podcast, uh, there just so happens to be now... Uh, screenshots of the better communicating with uh, FanDuel over Twitter DMs. And FanDuel has offered this better a cash out of $81,571. And I, as I, and I just mentioned, and so those are odds of, of plus 583 on that cash out offer. As I mentioned, the market value is 62000 So essentially FanDuel is offering this customer a cash out offer of about $20,000 more than the market value. Uh, and so I, I don't, as of this recording, I don't know if the better has taken it. Uh, France has not played their first game yet in the World Cup. But, uh, I mean, I think I already know the answer, Luke. But if, if you were sitting here with this bet, uh, what, what would you take the cash out offer or would you uh, let it ride? I mean, this, this goes back to last week when that's like you trying to sell your car and your Kelly Blue Book is 62000 and someone in, you know, your next-door neighbor where it's easy to get the money from is offering you 82000 for your car. Uh, yes, you should probably sell your car for 33% more than the market. Um, so, you know, uh, great, great marketing by FanDuel. Good job by BR Betting. Um, and... <laughs> If this seller is not taking advantage of that, again, like people get so married to their bets. Like, who cares? Literally, take this money and go make another bet on. Go make another twenty k bet on France. Like, why? Why are you so married to this bet? Just because you want to be correct? Like, 
I just I, I I've never really like understood that mindset of of sports betting. Like I just there's such like a there's such ego involved just to like be correct when it's like how many sports bets you make a year like seven hundred. You know, like you make so many sports bets throughout the year and you want to be correct in this one bet over like $82,000 is like serious cash. Like you are buying a beautiful car or by fat down payment on a home. Like that, that puts you at a nice advantage going into 2023. So, um, yeah. Now if the cash out was 40% below market value, that's a different discussion. Right. If you're if the market value is sixty two thousand and the cash out offer, which is what we see all the time, this is clearly a marketing ploy. Like you are not getting this cash out offer if you're not getting a, a nationwide story out of this. So kudos to FanDuel. But, you know, if you were getting offered forty thousand, that's a little bit different. Um, so if you can get thirty three percent above market value at any point in time, I just you, you have to take that cash. And again, just go go rebet France. I get you want to be excited watching France in the World Cup. I understand all that, but you know, just leave the ego out of it and put put ten k back on France at eight to one. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, the only other thing I'll say is that I think people the and because because we've we've seen it firsthand where. That guy is was probably thinking about all the things he could buy with half a million dollars. Yeah, for sure. Not everything he could buy with eighty one thousand dollars, and yeah. so it's all it's all mindset, man. Uh, and so it, to if if he was already spending the money in his head for what half a million could buy, you know, I'm sure he's probably doing the thing where he goes, well, let me just once they get out of group play, you know, mm-hmm. then I'll then I'll you know sell or something like that, right? Um, but I mean, but. This example, and then the example we had last week, uh, I just never saw. I've just never seen these examples where the sports books are offering more yeah, uh, than than the market value. Uh, and again, it just so happens that uh, these are all being displayed by a, by a public Twitter uh, account. Yeah. So uh, I, I totally agree, right? I, I do think it's great marketing for them, and it's going to get more people to be betting these long shot futures. And I think, it's, but I think it's a little unfortunate that these types of cash out offers are not going to be. Uh, readily accessible to to everyone, but um, but yeah, like you said, kudos to FanDuel, kudos to this guy. I really hope that he can take home a, a five a five figure uh, profit. Yeah, and just last point would be, you know, uh, to your point of, he's probably thinking, well, once they get out of the group play, I'll sell. It's like, all right, let's let's walk backwards real quick. So if they get to the championship, the and let's say that they're a coin flip versus whoever they play. That bet will be worth two hundred seventy-five thousand, right? So, if you at any point are going to sell this bet before the championship, your max value is two hundred seventy-five thousand. Now, if you sell this thing for eighty racks, you take ten k and go rebet France. Now you've got seventy k in your pocket. Let's say you bet ten back on France, and then you get another ninety thousand. So that would pay one hundred sixty thousand dollars. If France wins it all, like you're leaving such few amount of dollars on the table by selling this thing right now. Like who knows what could happen? This is such a long tournament. Like there's so many countries vying for this to win this thing. So I just people to your point, like, yes, he's looking at the things he can buy with a half million dollars. But like, if you take a step back, I'm like, all right, at, at any point would I sell this bet? And if you're going to sell it, I think all the way to the championship is worth 275 K. Yeah. 
No, I mean, we, we go through this every year in the March Madness tournament where, uh, yeah. and I'll forget, this was a couple of years ago. Uh, it was when like Loyola made the Final Four and it was in the Sweet 16, right? So they were down to like the regional final and it was like Loyola versus Nevada and then like Kansas State was playing the one seed or something like that and this guy had this ticket on the on the one seed. Maybe it was like Kentucky or I forget, some, some, some blue blood, right? And so it was the blue blood versus three not good teams and this guy had a future on the, on the, on the one seed and he was like, well, let me get to the, when I get to the, when they get to the final four, like it'll be worth a lot more and I'm like, that is baked into it, right? They're supposed to make it to the Final Four, right? They're supposed to beat all these teams, and that is baked into the current odds. So France making it out of the group play is baked into the odds. It's not going to mm-hmm. go up some tremendous amount of value, but, you know, God forbid one of their star players gets hurt, you know, then then the thing can, can plummet in value. Um, so, yeah, but so that, that that's an example of a, of a sports book, uh, a couple examples of sports books doing right by the customers, uh, before we get into stake or swap, I also want to touch on another story uh, that came on the Wall Street Journal uh, about sports books not exactly processing withdrawals uh, at the at the speed that that people would like. Uh, I, I know you've been uh, familiarized yourself with the story. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think we we certainly have a million friends in the sports betting industry, and like there's we've always heard complaints of how hey I can't get my money out as quick as I want, and that's by design. Part of it is they don't want people laundering money. They don't want you to credit card deposit $12,000 and then get an ACH out for, for eleven five a day later. I get that. I get the sports books uh, asking questions, trying to curb that type of behavior, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this one guy was quoting the article. He bet he bet 1000 He used like an odds boost that was up to 2900 and he wanted to pull it out the next day. And it took him like three weeks there was no phone number, and that's, you know, there's a few issues I have with this. One, you're definitely doing this by design. You want people to just go rebet the money and, and not withdraw it, obviously. Like, that is, there's zero doubt in my mind. Every single sports book, some of the reason for this behavior is they just simply want people to rebet it. Now, there's another reason for this behavior, like trying to deter fraud, for sure. But one of the reasons for this behavior, why the cash out is slow, is they want you to rebet it. So in these situations where a guy bets a thousand, makes wins like two bets, and now he's up to twenty nine hundred, like he should be able to get his cash out tomorrow. So don't don't make that guy run through all these security checks to to pay him out. The FanDuel rep was quoted as saying, "Well, we we do this to deter money laundering and suspicious activity." It's like, oh, you didn't do it on the money in. Right. On the deposits, you weren't doing any checks. So 500 deposit, 500 deposit, 500 deposit, 500 deposit. You weren't checking then. But now all of a sudden he wants to pull the money out. And now you're going to do the checks like that's convenient. So, um, yeah. Now, fan, in, in fairness, FanDuel got the best grade by the Better Business Bureau for um, speed of withdrawals. So they, they did the best. Uh, MGM got an F, a freaking F. Uh, uh, DraftKings, I believe, got a B minus. So Ben M. Jam got an F. That is completely unacceptable. And like, if they don't get hit A by their stock and B by by market share, like they should. Because if you get an F by giving people their money, like you shouldn't be a top three sports book. Yeah. Um not, yeah, so- I'm not speaking to the other facets of Ben M. Jam, their UX, their odds, all that, but like just be get be be uh, getting a score of an F by get, giving customers their money, like that's that's not cool. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the, it's a Wall Street Journal article, uh, and uh, it says about 2,400 complaints uh, have been lodged against the big three operators in the past three years uh, in regards to issues with 
with withdrawals and I know I've seen it with uh with people on Twitter and just yeah exactly like it's it, they make it super easy to get the money in and then you want to get the money out and it's you got to like submit you know birth certificate forms of ID yeah. you know utility bill all these different things to say you know to claim that you are you know you are who you are um yeah, and yeah clearly it's just it's just go ahead Ian, sorry you no know, it's, it's just it's you know they're disguise they're saying you know they're it they're saying it's a it's a safety precaution, but really, I think we can all see it's a way just to keep the money in. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Some of the reason they're doing this is a safety precaution. I agree with that. And like, I'm sure you've deterred um, criminals from cleaning their cash with you. I agree with that. But let's let's not say that two percent of cases are the other ninety ninety eight percent. Like that's that's not fair. So um, you know and. You know, I think regulators just aren't smart enough to call them on that. They're like, oh, okay, makes sense. Like, yeah, they're doing they're doing KYC and AML checks. Okay, leave them alone. Right, nope. right. Re- regulators love AML and KYC. Yeah. Um, all right, well, so uh, th- those are all some stories in, in the sports betting uh, industry this week. Uh, you know, we, we, we do love this industry, and, and we we just always hope that uh, everyone can, uh, can strive to do better. Uh, but... With that uh, being said, let's now get into this week's edition of Steak or Swap. First up, we'll be talking about the Dallas Cowboys, currently 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, coming off the largest win on the road in franchise history. Uh, Luke, we'll start with you first. Are you staking or swapping the Cowboys at 10 to one? I am swapping the Dallas Cowboys at 10 to one. Um, I don't trust this team. I don't trust Dak Prescott. I know Tony Pollard had a good day. Like he's fine. He's a, he's a solid replacement for Zeke. Um, the teams like Zeke has forgotten how to play football. And we, we said that on this podcast before the season started, like, I don't know what the heck's going on with that guy. And I know he's been injured, but like, He's he's awful. Um, I just I don't trust this team enough. I get it. They beat the Vikings. The Vikings were flying high every, every single season. An elite team has a clunker of a regular season game. It happens all the time. Besides the Patriots, of course, going sixteen and zero every single year. Uh, an elite powerhouse team that's looked really strong just drops a game and they get smoked by by a, a, a mid level football team. I just. Um, for the from a value perspective, like almost single digit odds, this team's going to win the Super Bowl. Like I just don't see it because I pulled the the um, offense and defensive yardage, and I I prefer looking at how offenses and defenses do based on yardage, not scoring. Because I think taking that small sample size of in the red zone is ultimately what wins games. But at the same time, like I'm more concerned with how you move the ball over the whole period of the football game. Versus just that within the 20 yard line. Um, so they are 11th in defensive yardage and 14th in terms of offensive yardage. So 13 teams are better than them by moving the ball via offensive yardage, and 10 teams are better than them by uh, keeping the other team to, you know, gain as minimal yards. So I get it. They have a lot of sacks, but I just, I don't trust this team. Almost near single digits. I just, I can't, I can't get behind that. This team should be 20 to 1 still. So I will swap the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah, I mean those are all fair points. I'm I'm going to stake uh, the the Cowboys. Um, they were favored 
at Minnesota, which was extremely fishy. Um, and it was like, I, I don't ever, you know, the Vikings are coming off this epic win against Buffalo. Uh, the Cowboys are coming off this loss against the Packers in a game they should have won. Um, mm-hmm. This line seems really fishy, but the the line makers know that the Cowboys are a solid team, and they had them favored uh, on on the road. Uh, I I really like I really like this team the way they play. Um, they run the ball. They have they have good defense. Um, you know I know you don't like exactly in terms of scoring defense, but they are number one in terms of uh, points allowed per game uh, in terms of their defense. Uh, they are fifth in terms of yards per play uh, allowed. Um, and like I said, they can run the ball. I think you're not giving Tony Pollard enough credit. Uh, he's a great in the in the pass catching game. Uh, Zeke scored a couple times, right? I mean, I think he still serves a, a purpose around the goal line. Um, you know, the one thing that would give me cause for concern is is the receivers. But um, you know, I think Ceedee Lamb is, is still solid. Noah Brown uh, plays plays well. So uh, I'm I'm going to still stake the Cowboys at ten to one. Um, you know, I think I think the they can win in the playoffs. They, they have a brand of football that that can win on the road and, and in the playoffs. Um, and then the next team we're going to talk about, uh, it's we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't do a little uh, World Cup talk. Um, we'll be talking about the Netherlands, currently thirteen to one to win the World Cup. Uh, I'll go first. I am staking uh, the Netherlands. Um, they've already played their first game, which uh, they won two nil. Um, against probably the the second best team uh, in their group, so uh, the the Netherlands are four zero and one coming into the coming into the World Cup and dating back to two thousand two. Four of the five winners have entered the tournament uh, on a five match uh, unbeaten streak, uh, and so the the Netherlands checks that box. In terms of soccer, they're only really like a handful of countries can actually win this thing. Um, I would say about like. Nine to eleven different countries. You know, if you look at the odds board, I would say it ha- they have to be kind of in the top eleven. Uh, and so the Netherlands at thirteen to one are are still in that kind of top group. Um, they are six zero oh, and two uh, in their last in their last uh, eight matches. Um, like I said, they won two nil. Uh, they've got some great. Uh, they've got one of the candidates for the Golden Boot in this uh, Cody Gakpo uh, kid. And so um, I've. I'll not gonna be. I'll be honest. I got this pick from a, one of my soccer buddies uh, who follows the stuff way closer than I do. And so, uh, in terms of the double-digit long shots, I think the Netherlands uh, is probably one of your best bets uh, if you're looking at the double-digit odds. So, uh, I will be staking the Netherlands thirteen to one to win the World Cup. I like it. Um, I would be lying to everyone on this podcast if I had an intelligent take on who is going to win the World Cup. I will be paying attention to it because we sell tickets on the World Cup. Um, but I certainly lean on Ian for intelligent takes on this. I like house music, and <laughs> the, my favorite country of DJs is the Netherlands. Guys that are from the Netherlands, Tiesto, Afrojack, Martin Garrix, Armin Van Buren, Nicky Romero, Don Diablo. Like That is the best country of all time for DJs. So, therefore, pull Big Cat here. You have to stake... The Netherlands at twelve to one. I'm of course being ironic. Um, do not take my betting advice of the World Cup. Take my betting advice for other sports. But I will leave this one to Ian, um, and I will bow out. Yeah. Um, no, you you got to find you got to find some some slant. And yeah, no, I mean, I think that just goes to show you there's a bunch of talented people coming from the Netherlands, whether right. it be uh, whether it be sports or music. So 
Um, yeah, if you're looking for a World Cup long shot, uh, like I said, stay in that kind of top 11 uh, teams. And then uh, I think Netherlands kind of fits that bill. Uh, and so uh, I'm super excited for it. Uh, I'll be getting up early to watch these matches. Maybe not the uh, the 3 a.m. match, but uh, I'll be getting up for the other ones. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, I'm super excited to see uh, how this all pans out. And uh just want to thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and we will talk to you next week. Have a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>